Greetings, I'm John. And I'm Brandy. And you are listening to For Better or For Fuck. This is not a marriage podcast. This is a podcast about our journey into self-awareness, the commitments that we make to ourselves first, and how we love those around us. We are life partners, creatives, parents, and most importantly, friends. During our time together, we will deep dive into humaning while being with other humans. And what it means to thrive and tend to our mental health and do the work. For better or for front. All right, we're here. Uh, here we are. <laughs> What's your problem? Okay, so we're so excited about this episode. This is our first episode. The premiere. Um, welcome to For Better or For... Fucked. Fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, we're so excited to be here. And we're happy that you're here on this journey with us. Uh, I think we should probably share what this podcast is about, yeah? I think so, yeah. What, what uh, everyone is going to be and what it in ain't, for. Right? Yeah, what they get into. All right. So I think I should probably let the, let you all know that this podcast is not a marriage podcast. That's mm-hmm. not what this is. Let's throw that out of our heads. Like, see, watch it just fly. Woo, there we go. It's not a marriage podcast. That's not what this is. What is this podcast, John? Um, this podcast is uh, a podcast about self-awareness. Obviously, the term uh, for better or for fucked or for better or for worse is correlated to marriage in this sense. Uh, we're not talking about marriage to another person. We're talking about marriage to ourselves. Um, most of us are completely unaware uh, of that f- the of that first commitment that we should make, uh, which is the commitment to ourselves. Kind of like uh, when you're in an airplane, they they give you the whole turbulence thing, and if the 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 thing comes down from the from the ceiling, the mask, and they say always put your mask on before you help somebody else. Well, in this case, it's similar. The reason why you do that is because you don't want to pass out as you're helping somebody else before you put your own mask. In the same sense, if we don't know ourselves, if we're we if we lack self awareness, we don't have that commitment to ourselves as strong as possible. Then our commitments to anything and everyone else is also uh, going to be a bit faulty. So, yeah. yeah. And I think too, um, you know, this is also about the us humaning while being with other humans. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what this podcast is about. We are going to be sharing some things in regards to our own journey, uh, being humans, navigating childhood, how we got here, things like that. Um, we're going to keep it light too, you know, um, but I think we should probably give like a trigger warning. Absolutely. So while we're going to definitely have plenty of moments in this podcast that are happy and exciting and full of joy and just all the things like good and hilarious because we have some funny things to talk about, there will be moments where some things may be a little triggering. And if by chance they do, you know, take a moment, take a breath, pause it and step away for a second. You have um, the power to hit the pause button. You have the power to hit the pause button. That's the beautiful thing about podcasts is that you can literally press pause, walk away and be like, all right, I think I'm ready to get back, you know, take a breather. So, um, yeah, we're going to we're going to dive deep 
when you say like we're going to dive deep into some stuff and uh we're going to also keep it light and fun too. Yeah. So we should probably share a little bit of who we are. Yeah, because not everybody knows who we are, although right? <laughs> a lot of people know who you are. A lot of people know who you are. The stereo. <laughs> Don't look at me that thing. You know people know who you are. Anyways. So I think, John, you should say who you are. You know, what or, I think, you know what I think more fun? I think we both had the same idea at the same time. I think we did. I think we did. did we do we, it? Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You go first. Okay. Oh, so, should I go first? No. I'm going to go first. Okay. Brand, oh, okay. So, I don't know. No. So, I'm, I'm okay. going to go first. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go first. Okay. So this is what happens when you have been life partnered with someone <laughs> for so long and life partnered longer than you have not been life partnered. Um, I think we should probably share. We have been together for 20 years. Yeah. If you add the dating, 15 years, almost 16 married. We started dating in 2001. Mm-hmm. And we are at 2021, so 20 years. Yeah, that's right. In November, it'll be 20 years. We have total. We have, but dating. Dating, it was, it was yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've been together and we're 37. Longer than we have not been together. That's crazy. I know. That's crazy pants. So that's what happens. Um, you end up having the same thought at the same time. You'll probably see that a lot throughout this podcast. Anywho, all they right. won't see it. They'll hear it. You'll hear it. But that's all that squealing that you just... <laughs> at the same time, that was us having the same exact idea at the same time, at the same moment. All right. So, be stereo. <laughs> my life partner, my um, my best friend in the entire known universe. Uh, <laughs> what Brandy, about the universe? Brandy Monique Sellers Jackson. You didn't have to say my entire I know. Name. I, I wanted to, though. Okay. I girl. love it. Okay, girl. Um, <laughs> She my like she's she's amazing. Uh, she is, um, she is a mother. She she's a person. She's a creative. She's a mother of three, uh, and um, she uh, some of the things that she does because we are not what we do. Uh, she uh, is all around entrepreneur and creative. She's a writer. She is a doula. She is uh, a social media manager, and uh, she. She conjures some of the most amazing things from her brain and, and makes them happen in real life. And uh, and she's a connector of humans. And uh, yeah, she's 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 the bomb, y'all. She's and she's a great friend. And I don't mean that just from from my sake, but those who know her will say the same thing. She's a great friend. And uh, yeah, I think I did pretty good there. Follow that up. Oh my god! Follow that up. Oh, I can do it. Beat that sourpuss. <laughs> <laughs> trout sniffer. <laughs> trout sniffer. That's Home Alone. Come on, oh, yeah. come, come on, follow me. Come on a now. Trout sniffer. You're not a trout sniffer. I just wanted to. I wanted to make the, the movie quote. That was fishy. Uh, yeah. Um. So. I'm gonna beat you because I'm good with words. And not. I, I forgot to mention not so private parts. Uh, the the founder of Not So Private Parts. I could go on for an hour about all the but things that she's done. We're not going to spend an hour on that. That's what he'll do. I love talking about you, though. I really do. I'm sorry. Got 
Okay. I do. So here's the thing. Okay, y'all, if it were up to John, this podcast would be five hours. <laughs> and so I am the one that I have elected myself as the gatekeeper here because mm-hmm. John will just talk and we will be here for five hours and this podcast won't come out for like 10 years because we are still editing the first episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have a thousand hours of footage. Yes. <laughs> Thanks to John. Thank you, babe. Um, so John, this is John. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, mm-hmm. Uh, he is a he is my best friend. He is a father of my children, of my of people grown up sometimes, I feel like. Like he has this amazing wisdom about him. Um, he is an old soul. People call him a grandpa, even though he's not a grandpa. And he only has three kids, but still, I think a lot of people do um, look at him and seek him out sometimes for advice and just just perspective. Um, John is a creative. He is immensely talented. Uh, he is a lover of words, a lover of sounds, uh, a maker of sounds, a maker of words, an amazing talent. He is gifted, um, has played with some of the most amazing people, um, has seen a lot of things <laughs> and a lot of places. Um, you know, sometimes him being on the road and I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, there's a castle over there. OK, of course, John's walking by a castle. Of course he is. He is just a fantastic human, and he is probably one of the most hardworking in the sense of not just like hardworking, what we think of like work, work, but hardworking in the sense of doing the work. And that for is something that I think is to be admired. I think some of the things that he has um, experienced, some of the things that he has navigated, walked through, talked through. Um, and the work that he has put forth to be the human that he is right now in this moment, today, um, and forever is something that uh, should be shared. And um, I get to live with this human every single day, which is awesome. And I'm excited that you all get to experience this same human the way that, well, not the same way I get to experience them. That ain't happening. <laughs> but y'all get to experience. You don't get all these goodies. Y'all don't get all these goodies. <laughs> but you get to experience him, his gifts, his giftings. He is a teacher. And he probably said I would call him that because he hates teaching. But <laughs> he hates it. Facts machine. So I'm happy. You have to kind of trick him into thinking that he's not teaching. He's just talking. But yeah, that was totally not a teachable moment at all, John. Not at all. You didn't just read me my entire <laughs> life and just let me know exactly what I should really, how I should look at it. No, you, that wasn't you teaching at all. No, you were just talking. That's all. So that's what we're going to do. When he says things that are profound, y'all just look away because he's a Virgo. Um, and just don't give him any kudos at all because that will freak him out. Um, but... He is a teacher, and I'm excited that you all get to witness his giftings in that way. So, that's wow. it. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, suck <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's get on in here. All right, Michael Phelps. Let's dive in. All right. So, how did we get here? Uh, should we share a little bit of our background, or did we already do that? We already did that, right? I think, uh, I know we wanted to talk about what inspired the podcast first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 2020. Thank you. 
2020. Yeah. So all of those things you just said about me are so beautiful. They're so lovely. They're so <laughs> fantastic. Uh, however, some of y'all listening might be like, what the hell is she talking about once we get into some of this? Um, January 11th, 2020, um, Brandy found out that her life partner, the, her best friend, the person that she had been married to for quite some time, uh, at that time it was, uh, we were at 14 years at that time? But 14. Almost 14, because it's almost 15 now, so it was almost 14 at that time. Yeah. Um, you found out that I was not the person that you thought I was. We're almost at 16. Oh, that's right. We'll be 16 yeah, in yeah, November because yeah. Jax will be 15. That's right. Um, yeah, you found out uh, on a car ride one Saturday morning uh, that that uh, you're married to the per- the person that you're married to, your, your best friend, all these things that you said about me, uh, the person that you thought I was, I was not. Um, and that there, there was a lot that I had been keeping from you. And there's a lot of myself that you did not know about. I had not opened up so many parts of myself. Uh, the way I like to, the way I would say it is there's a kind of like a big mansion in my headspace. And in my head, in this mansion, there's tons of rooms. Um, my, my family got a room. Each family member got a room. Each, this particular job got a room. This job had a room. You know, my, this got a room, yada, yada. This opportunity got a room. And uh, and this set of behaviors got a room and all this, these secrets over here had a room, these secrets. And as long as I could keep each room tidy uh, with my compartmentalizing, as long as I can keep each room together and tidy and nice and neat and make sure none of that stuff spilled over, I was able to kind of manage and navigate uh, how I moved and navigated in life. And um, that's that was my whole life. I had learned to live that way. I totally manipulated and controlled all of my relationships to where I only allowed people to see the sides of me that I was comfortable showing them. And, uh, and you know, I think most of us are that way. However, in my case, it all came ahead, came to a head uh, last year. And, uh, and so, you know, it it was exactly what you think it was. I know we watched movies and, and TV shows about, you know, folks seem to find out he cheated. Let me tell you, it is not like the movies. Uh, I'll tell you firsthand, it's way worse than the movies, unless you're talking about Unfaithful, the, the Richard Gere movie, where somebody got <laughs> ended up getting killed with a snow globe. And uh, total spoiler alert if you hadn't seen the movie. I've never so seen sorry. It. Thank you for ruining uh, it. <laughs> but, I've never seen it, but now that I know. Outside, it's not that bad because I'm still here and, and no one dies uh, in our story, so that's great. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, it's not like the movies. Uh, it is very real and it's very painful and it's very traumatic. When you, uh, when you, anytime a person is faced with the moment, of seeing, uh, of witnessing all of their stuff coming out if they've, you know, hadn't ever exposed it. If all, if they're exposed in a way like what happened last year, to see the, um, the way that I hurt the person that I did, loving them from the best place that I knew how to love anyone. Um, that, that was a traumatic experience. And uh, for all parties involved, a lot of trauma. So 
Um, and it was very messy. We survived. Uh, we survived with the help, so much help, uh, but definitely uh, we have some uh, close uh, friend tours is what we call them. Uh, right out the gate when all this stuff hit the fan right off, uh, like many other life events that we've had over the years, um, good and bad, you know. And with, with Brandy and I, both, we both lost our moms. Uh, we actually are very fortunate to have certain people in our lives, like I said, we call them friend tours slash, friends slash mentors, that we were able to reach out for and say, hey, wow, John's shit just hit the fan and it's all over our house. And it's everywhere. And what do we do? Because, because obviously. So, um, and they, they really, they really helped us. You know, they really helped us weather the storm of the unknown, the storm of what the hell is going on, you know, day by day. I mean, every day seemed like a year. And we want to be clear. The reason why we're sharing this is because this is one, the first episode, but we want to get into why we got into this uh, journey, I would say, of healing, um, of being curious, of therapy, and then more so what this podcast is about of the partnerships in which we make to ourselves. Before we can get into that, we have to go into the why. And then we go into how trauma impacts not only how we see each other, but we see ourselves. And how we see ourselves is how we will love each other, how we will um, view each other, how we, even our capacity to love and our capacity to even navigate a relationship or navigate a friendship or navigate a working relationship. And so you can't fix someone else's mask until you fix your own. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I think it's important that we dive into this first, um, the why and more so too, you know, for you, how did this send us on a journey? I will say this January 11, 2020, it, it did something very interesting for us. John was right that we had these friend tours. I don't know where we would have been without these people, which is a a word within itself. I think it's important to have people that are there for you, like really there for you for whatever. They're not there to give their opinions. They're not there to uh, interject, but they really are there for you to support you and to kind of help navigate you into your best self. And because of that, I think we actually avoided a lot of pitfalls, whether it was making decisions out of haste, whether it was making decisions out of hurt, whether it was just reacting. Because we had those people in our life, I think we were able to navigate it a lot better than a lot of people do. Um, I know for me, when January 11th happened, I was like, okay, so I need to get in like single mom mode. I need to gather the kids. Let me, you know, I was like ready to just be ready, like be ready. But because of our friend tours, she said something very interesting. You know, she said, John doesn't get to be a tornado and leave you in the rubble. 
Uh, because I was about to just be like, okay, you need to leave. I need to get into, okay, I, you know, I am doing all the things right now. So I need to get into, okay, childcare mode. I need to get into like all these kind of things. I'm a planner. So I'm start planning and all that. And she said, John doesn't get to be a tornado and leave you in the rubble. And she said, don't, I, she said, I need you to take a breath and think about what is it that you need right now. Don't allow your anger and your hurt to cloud you checking in with yourself and what it is that you need right now. You, Brandy, not even what your kids need, but what you need right now, because what you've experienced is very traumatic. And so um, on top of trauma that you've already experienced, which we'll get into in the podcast, we're going to we're going to go there. Trauma is a big word. The big T. It is the big T. Big T. The big T. So think about it. She said if he is wanting to figure out kids, like, you know, do all the things. If he's, you know, if he's there figuring stuff out with you, let him figure that stuff out. Let him figure it out. Don't you take on more because he shat the bed. <laughs> self-awareness, journey to self-awareness. Yes, and that's exactly. what, And that's why we talk about it and say, this is not a marriage podcast. Although this whole thing, this podcast, the idea to do it was inspired by the you know, our individual journeys to self-awareness, right. which was inspired by really the, the, the blow up right. of, in 2020. And that's the other thing too. You know, I think once she said that, you know, I was like, okay, I need to take a breath. Okay, John, you're going to be here during the day doing stuff with the kids and I'm going to be doing this over here and da, 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 da. And this was literally a few months before, or like a month or two before 20, the whole pandemic stuff happened. Um, But I remember, you know, because of that, because she really centered my healing, it really did something, I think, different than what I would have naturally done, which was it, and it did something for both John and I both. Um, For me, it set me on a path of healing Brandy, being curious about Brandy, uh, being mindful of Brandy. Uh, and making sure that Brandy was okay. And then everything else would be okay from there. And I think it did the same thing for John. It set John on a whole different other path of making sure that John was okay and John was healing and that John was addressing the things that was, that propelled him to engage in certain behaviors in the first place. And it really put us on separate journeys, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Total individual journeys, not a journey of us doing this together and let's fix our marriage. Nope. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Our marriage actually was not even. That that wouldn't have thought That was actually on none of our minds. (laughs) We were like, so like whatever about that, we literally, it propelled us on this individual journey of healing, self-healing. Brandy over here, John over there. We're just going to heal ourselves. And it was interesting because I think a lot of, at least for me, my friends, you know, and folks around me were like, how are you? You know, are you going to just move on? What you going to do? You know, like, I mean, and listen, I got some ride or die. So they were like, yo, what we got to do? We going to roll up on dude? (laughs) (laughs) None of them were like that. Nobody said that. Nobody said that. But they was ready. If I needed them, they would have been ready. But none of them were like that. Everybody was like, no, you know, what do you need? What do you need? I was looking over my shoulder for Ashley. Trust me. (laughs) I knew Ashley was coming. I was like, Ashley going to be around. She could be showing up for any moment. (laughs) 
You know, and it's going to be a whole Angela Bassett situation oh, going listen. on. Oh, listen. First off, you know, let me tell you something burn, about my friend all Ashley. The, burning all the clothes. Let me tell you something about my friend Ashley. <laughs> Everyone needs an Ashley. Period. With a T. Everyone needs an Ashley. And I mean that. I mean that. I mean that. Everyone needs an Ashley. You need a person that's got you. That like, listen, we'll figure out what you're talking about first, later. But you, what you need, we got you. Everyone needs an Ashley. <laughs> like, she is ready. She is ready for ready. So, um, you know, shout out to Ashley. And all of my friends were like that, honestly. Ashley was like that. Ashley, we good like, now, Ashley. We good. <laughs> we, oh, oh, we're Gucci now. I think, I, I, no, yeah. Ashley was ready. She was like, Brandy, for real. I okay, I, I got you, but I listen, that nigga. Um, mm-hmm. But no, she wasn't like that. Um, I think a lot of lot of us, you know, a lot of our friends were, you know, so what are you going to do? You know, or, you know. And one thing that I, I did gather, which was whether we stayed together or not, which was, again, not on my radar at all. It was trivial at that point. It was we so knew. trivial. Yeah. It became so trivial yeah. instantly. Mm-hmm. I will say this. There's, there's so much talk in society about, um, you know, don't cheat. You hear that, you, you see it in, you know, in, in movie roles, you see it, read it in books and in magazine articles, this person cheated. If someone decides to be married, then that's a decision that they make for themselves. And so they make that decision for themselves. So if that's a choice that they make, then they're probably, it's for the benefit of themselves. Like you marry someone because you really believe that, you know what, this is how that's benefiting me. It's benefit. I just can't see myself navigating. I don't want to navigate life without waking up to this person every day. That's a, a self-benefit major right there. So if someone is willing to make a choice or make a decision that is uh, that would jeopardize a choice that they've made for themselves, then they're self-sabotaging, you know. And, you know, we live in a society where, you know, we, we talk about, you know, cheating and, and, and secrets and stuff like that. Where truth be told, that's not the issue. The issue is self-awareness. And if we're willing to, uh, if our behaviors are literally, you know, stabbing ourselves in the back, we're self-sabotaging ourselves. That's the issue. So you're doing something that is not within the boundaries of what you said you wanted. So why are you cheating on yourself first? During our time together, feel free to take notes so that you can reference back after this podcast episode. Feel free to take a break, stand up, and ground down. Here's to the journey ahead. And why are you, and more so, why are you sabotaging yourself? Yeah. Yeah, and, well, I will say this too. You know, for me, I knew, you know, because I, I started feeling this pressure of, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to leave? Am I going to stay? I'm da, 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 da. It, I stopped asking myself that question and started thinking, okay, so how am I going to heal? Because whether I decided, whether we decided mutually that this just wasn't going to work, 
Um, or whether I said, you know what, I see the work you're doing, but I just, it's just too much for me. I don't want to do this. I was going to have to heal either way. Um, whether I decided down the road to move on with somebody else, I was still going to have to heal. Whether with or without you. And so me, me focusing it on just our marriage was going to be actually, it was actually, uh, it actually was de- would have been detrimental, I think, to our actual healing and self-realization. I think it was so important for us to totally take the focus off the marriage. Yeah. <laughs> take the focus off that. It doesn't even matter. And you can apply the same thing to yes. business with people, uh, with anything. And really it, turn it on yourself. Yeah, it, yeah. Could be, it could be anything. It doesn't have to necessarily be marriage, but it could be anything. A person who has a healthy amount of self-awareness... Um, they, they're they interested in the why behind their choices. And most of us lack a severe amount of self-awareness because we just, most of us are just floating and we are just deciding and choosing and doing things based on what, what we deem is the right thing to do. Like, I want to be a good guy. I want to be a good woman or whatever. And And this is what that looks like. I was told that this is what, you know, a stand-up citizen, you know, a man is like, you know, like the kind of guy I want to be. Like, right, the, you know, this is what I was told it looks like. Society says it looks like this. I'm comfortable with this and all these things, as opposed to um, the very few of us, I believe, um, that have had um, guardians um, that raised us up or someone at some point in our lives to bring up to us, hey, or ask us questions, who are you? What do you really like? I'm not talking about what you were raised with or what your parents told you or whatever have you. Like, I know you go to church because that's what you did growing up and you were told to believe in this God. But, you know, you were told that, you know, being a, you know, a lawyer or a judge or or this, that and the other, that's great. But how do you feel about it? Things like that, like, what do you feel about yourself? You know, um, and most of us are just bouncing around. We just deciding and and we just kind of we kind of respond and react to the what happens based on our decisions, how they hit other people, and we just kind of react to it. And we don't really know the why, the true why behind our choices. Yeah. And I remember, you know, after you posted, I want to say this real quick, you know, I remember after you posted, you know, some of our friends being like, Brandy, how do you feel about him sharing all this? And how do you feel about y'all's business on being on Front Street? And my thought was, I believe that telling our truth will always set us free. Telling the truth will always set you free. Telling your truth will always set you free. And my, my question always, I like questions, answering questions with questions, is like, how bad do you want to be free? Like, for real, for real. And then also I'll add, you know, I never want to give the illusion that we woke up like this. A lot of you all follow us on IG, whether you follow myself or follow John or or follow our family. And a lot of you all will kind of do this thing of, you know, the hashtag goals. We're living in the goals area. Hashtag goals. Hashtag goals. And I think that we do ourselves a huge disservice when we don't tell our truth. And I'm not saying just spread your business all in the streets because trust me, there's a lot that, you know, it is just ours and it will stay just ours. But the things that are teachable and the things, the parts that are 
are learnable and can be a help and a support for others. I think it is our duty. And I think that it is so, it's, it kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? When we don't share the, the jewels that we've garnered, that we've been able to gather, when we don't share the tools and the resources that we've been able to resource along the way, we do our story a huge disservice. We do what we've been through a huge disservice. And we do our community a huge disservice. Absolutely. Because we're hoarding. We're hoarding all these lessons. And meanwhile, people are like, oh man, goals, goals, goals. But then we don't tell them, oh, okay, so this is how we got the glow up. Absolutely. Or, yeah. yeah, and not even as a couple. Again, not as a couple even. But this is how we got the glow up as individuals. Oh, you know, goals, 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 goals. Brandy, Brandy, Brandy. John, 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 John. But we don't share with them, okay, so this is how we got here. 2020 was jacked up and our lives were turned upside down and then they were turned right side up and then even better because of 2020. But if we don't share those things and what we were, we've experienced, then we totally do everyone who is connected to us. We do ourselves a huge disservice and it was all in vain. Absolutely. If, if a, it's not helping someone. Absolutely. If a group of people are, or running, you know, a marathon and, you know, you get ahead of the pack or you behind or you in your own space, but there are people behind you and there's a pothole somewhere and you twist your ankle on that pothole and, and you're like, man, I twisted my ankle and you keep that for, to yourself. Guess what's going to happen? On that particular pothole on that over particular there that you're pothole, about to run up right against. That, what's going to happen? Everybody behind you going to do the same thing. You got a bunch of people twisting their ankles when you easily could have just wrote a sign up and said, yo, Right here, my big old pothole. Mild, you know, whatever. Right here around this tree over here, there's a big old hole right there. So avoid this, right? You could do that. And that's the point of sharing the nuggets that we we gain in our life lessons, I think. I'll even say this. You said something a while ago, um, and you can kind of expound, but when people are unfaithful, is it, you know, maybe it's a situation of sex. Maybe it's a situation of, Maybe they're not getting what they need at home, or maybe this person's not doing this, or maybe it's the it's a communication situation, or maybe it's, you know, they're not talking enough, or maybe they're not loving enough, or maybe whatever. You said something that was super profound. And I, I remember that because I was like, I was like, huh. You know, I was just thinking about that because I remember feeling all the feelings about it as one would. And you said something that was so profound, which was people cheat. People are unfaithful because being unfaithful is an option. And I remember at first I was like, well, that's really just simple, but let me think about that. Because I've heard this before. I've heard people say this kind of thing before, you know, like, what were you not doing? You know, maybe he or maybe she was looking for this and da, da, da. And maybe you, and maybe it was, you know, this broke down in the relationship or that broke down. And it's not that. (laughs) It literally is like you said, people cheat. People are unfaithful, whatever, because it is an option as people steal because stealing is an option. People lie because lying is an option. You could put two people in the same predicament and have totally different reactions. You know, you can have two people go into the same store, look at the same coat, want the same coat. And one will look at it in admiration and be like, well, that's a $10,000 price tag. I don't have that $10,000 disposable income to buy that particular coat and move on with their lives. And the next person will figure out how they can stuff it in their bag and get out of the store without being seen. 
And why is that? Is it that the other person didn't want it enough? The coat enough? Was it that the coat was this or that? No, it's because stealing was an option for someone. Same thing with lying. Some people, I don't care what they what they get into, what pickle they get into, lying is not an option. True. Yeah. Lying is just not an option. You are one of those people. I am one of those yes, people. Yes, you are. Lying is just not an option. I will just just mm-hmm. be like, okay, well, this is what happened. And yada, yada, I just got to, I guess I got to explain to them what happened. Like, lying is just not an option. And then you take the next person, lying is possibly their first option. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. or their immediate go-to. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I think, it putting anything other than saying, putting anything other than that besides the inner work of that person that may have caused the hurt or may have caused the dysfunction in that particular area, it it puts the onus on something else that it shouldn't be on. And that prohibits the work. And then the person who it may have happened to from doing the work. You even have people that don't have to steal. Yeah. They could afford the jacket. Yeah. And they get a they get a thrill from stealing things just because exactly. they have a deficit that they have no idea that they have. Yeah. And yeah. and that's and stealing something and putting themselves in a, a rush or an excited or dangerous situation gives them that feeling of wow. And it actually makes up for the deficit that they that's unknown to them that they have. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's the thing. It's an option, which I think is a great segue into what you said about just a little bit more of your story and yeah. how we got here and how some of the discoveries that you started making uh, for 2020, which led us kind of here. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting enough. Yeah, you're right. That is a good segue. I, know. Uh, I did a great segue. <laughs> I did a fantastic segue. So interesting enough, uh, you know, my journey to self-awareness, which is what this podcast is about, self-awareness. I learned through therapy because eventually uh, with great friend tours uh, recommending therapy. And um, one of the things that Brandy kind of she said, listen, for you to even be in the same space of me or or comfortably probably probably our our children although she didn't say that part but she probably meant it um i need you to get a therapist look into it right um and you know and so you know i did i found a therapist i interviewed some folks and uh and i realized how late to the party i was guys uh, i was so late to the party everybody got a therapist and if you don't i don't know how 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 are you how are you yeah how are you if how you don't how are you Really? Like, really, how are you? And if you're black and you don't, really, how, how are, are you? you? <laughs> Especially in this country. It's like, this portion of the podcast is called, How Are You? How are you? Yes. And let's just take a moment, and I want you to answer that. Like, for real, like a real talk. I'm not, this is going to be like an on-the-fly kind of thing. Yeah. How are, how are you? you? I'm going to take 10 seconds. You can even hit the pause button for a second to really... Re- Evaluate, just evaluate how you, how are you? I know this is awkward. All right. This is very awkward, but really think about that. Did you think about it? Did you hit pause? All right. Good. All right. Um, so I found a therapist and 
I got to be honest with you guys. Um, when I thought about therapy, I always saw the scene with Charlie Sheen in Major League uh, where he had his feet up on the table in like many movies and he's talking to his therapist about stuff, yada, yada. And, and I always I always was kind of afraid that if I got a therapist, because I considered getting a therapist a while back when my mom passed some years ago, a few years ago. Uh, I thought about getting a therapist after that, um, but I didn't, But because I was afraid that my therapist would try to push me to open up the doors to all of the rooms that are in my head that I've been, you know, compartmentalizing for so many years, virtually my whole life, because that's kind of how I navigated, how I went, you know, as as um, as I matured through life and even going back to middle school, high school, that's just what I did. That's just that's just how, you know, during my development during that time, that just found its way pretty pretty much tattooed in in you know in my thinking so that's what I did so um got a therapist and uh it was great it really it was it was none of that <laughs> it was none of what I thought it was going to be it was uh a very vulnerable situation um fortunate for us very lucky for us one of our friend towards is actually a professional licensed therapist and and she recommended although she wasn't going to be my therapist obviously because of the whole, um, I mean, like a conflict of interest for sure. Totally, totally, and uh, and also you know, to protect our relationship. I mean, she, you know, like their family, you know, you know. So she, I'm sure they like save some of that. Like that's that's not muddy it, you know. So um, one of them, uh, she definitely pointed out that um, I was clearly unplugged and had not used certain muscles uh, as far as uh, my emotions go, and. Um, and she was completely right. Uh, I can't express enough to you all how, how what it feels like to go from a state of being emotionally mute to starting to work certain muscles. Um, it's almost like, imagine, if you've ever seen Captain America, the first one, the first Captain America film, and the main guy, the main character is this scrawny kid, Super skinny, and you know, before he takes the the super juice and turns into Captain America, that was my emotional headspace. That's where I was. I was that scrawny kid, and going from that to a place of, you know, hopefully I can end up looking like Dwayne Johnson. You know, I mean, that's emotionally speaking. Hopefully, I could just be that fit and just that present. You know, uh, but that was a journey. So I had never worked certain muscles to my recollection ever. So things like vulnerability, transparency, um, intimacy, intimacy. Oh, that's a big one. Uh, the big eye, uh, intimacy, empathy, like that kind of stuff. I just, I was so, I was totally disconnected from that. Thus, being able to do and make decisions that I did. All of these things, having a life and living a life this way, disconnected from a large part of what I'm capable of, uh, I was, you know, I was, I was really, I was limited um, not living and accessing these things that are inside of me. Uh, and that is because, and I learned through therapy, um, that's because of the big T, trauma. Trauma. Um, for, for those of, of you that have experienced trauma, I can't, emphasize enough uh, the importance of you to 
to look into what trauma does to the brain, uh, to the mind, to a person. It it is uh, it's major, major, major. It is it 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 changes everything. I liken it to uh, the way we see everything to glasses. Trauma literally changes your perception on life, the way you your relationships, your work, yourself, your you know. Um, Everything, the way you cook, the way, I mean, it, it can affect everything. It can permeate every area of your life. And the, the dangerous part of it is there's so many people that have gone through and experienced certain traumas and didn't even realize that they experienced traumas. Uh, you were one of them. I was one of them. I said, <laughs> I, I'm up here in my car talking to my therapist because it's 2020 and I couldn't, you know, talk to him in person. And, uh, and, I'm, and I still can't talk to him in person, um, but here I am in my car talking to him, and you know, and he, you know, he, he he knows what's going on. I mean, he's read all the books on trauma and all this kind of stuff. That's what therapists. That's why the therapist. He is a know, doctor. He is a doctor, right? <laughs> so he knows all about it, and um, so he goes. He dies. I mean, of course, the first couple of sessions, he wants to you know get to know each other. He wants to create a safe space, you know, and once things start to get a bit. This is a feel more safe for me because I'm sure he sized me up right away. He looked at me and was like, I'm dealing with Captain America before he became Captain America. I'm sure he, he put two or two together. And so he went straight for my childhood. We went right into it, you know. And, of course, I'm thinking, my childhood, what's my childhood really got to do with it, right? You know, I'm, you know, whatever, you know. And come to find out there were traumatic events in my childhood that I didn't really see as trauma. I didn't see it. I just saw it as that's just that's just what it was. Um, there were times that I was placed in dangerous situations, and and then after we'd be over, I'd go back to playing video games, and, and never no one would ask. So how are you? And and so hear me if you're listening to this. I really want you to hear this part. Um, if you have any thoughts that you may have experienced trauma, you're not even sure about it. I would challenge you to speak with someone who knows about trauma and about some of the things that you think you may have questions about. Just bounce it off of them. See what they say. Because when I bounced this stuff off my, my therapist, he said, wow, okay, you know what? Let's start there. Um, and what I learned about myself in this part of my journey of self-awareness, I learned that the way I would cope with stress, because we all have pressure that builds up from life stress, good stress, bad stress, all of it, any of that. And there, you know, there are ways that we deal with it. The one way I would deal with it in a major way would be something outside of the lines, whatever that would mean. Um, and in this case, uh, it could mean admit sex to a large degree outside of the boundaries that I had agreed to be a part of when it came to my uh, my marriage. Uh, so that was, you know, ooh, that was risque, you know, sex with somebody else. Um and there, 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 I can look back. There are other moments where I never forget being on the top of a car going 95 miles per hour, uh, lying on my stomach in the winter in Nashville with another one of my, my my friends who also has been through his own form of therapy and encouraged me to find my own therapist as well. But we would take turns in the in the midwinter in Nashville, um, riding you know down the highway at two one in the morning in the winter, our hands going numb flying just going fast as we could you know like you know I'm, I'm ripping edges of the, the the top of the car 
our hands are going numb, and here we are flying down 95 miles oh, per hour. Oh, to be 19 again. Crazy, crazy stuff, right? Um, it was exciting. It was dangerous. Um, I can go on and on all the dangerous stories and, and the things I, I've done over the years that are outside of the lines. But uh, even in mere conversation, one one thing I would do is um, anytime someone would, we, we would get to talking about something that might be real or that might kind of strike a nerve with me, what I would typically do is probably say something that was a little bit... Um, I don't know. I, I would kind of say maybe like a joke or make a make light of it, but in a very crass way or but just crass enough, not too crass to where, you know, I was looked at as a weirdo, but crass enough to maybe get a few giggles. But also to redirect uh, the subject a bit because I was uncomfortable. These are things that I was doing. I didn't realize it, but that's what I would do. And, and but me saying the crass thing, something out of bounds, like. Oh wow! Like you know, like I get a few weird looks, but f- most people be like, "Oh, that's just John being weird," kind of a thing. But that was, those are small instances where I look back and I can see I really did find comfort in the in the things that were um, outside that that were outside of the lines per se. Uh, we have a lot of plants in our home, uh, thanks to our plant lady over here. And uh, no no thanks to me, trust me. I mean, don't look at me. You're relying on me. These jokers go, you know. But um, post, this is right after everything blew up last year in 2020. I was sitting, um, you know, I, I hadn't slept because there was no sleeping during that time. And for me, there, and I'm sure for Brandy, the same thing. There was no eating probably either. It was just a weird limbo. I'm sleeping on my friend's couch and coming back and helping with the kids, being as present as I could, yada, yada, all that stuff. It was, it was, it sucked. It was horrible. Uh, so here I am on the couch and I'm looking around at these plants. And I'm thinking everything that is living in its healthy state, in its healthiest sense, wants to live. And it won't do anything that is opposite of trying to live, trying to thrive. And uh, a skunk, you won't see a skunk in its healthiest walking around at noon. You won't. And if you do, don't go say hi to Peppy. You know, probably not a good idea. <laughs> um, and, and, and you know, you won't see a bird trying to look for a gun to fly in front of. You won't see a, a moose intentionally trying to run into a road so it can get hit in its healthiest sense. And so I realized in that moment, a big light bulb went off in my head that says, wow. I, I got some stuff I need to figure out. Like, I didn't want to use the word like sick. I'm sick. But I definitely was living in a very malfunctioning state because here I am. I'm doing, I'm making choices that are 
hurting myself. And here I am, I got this family, I got this, you know, this life partner who's amazing. Uh, nobody's perfect, but she's pretty damn close to it, y'all. Um, and here I am making decisions. And not even in that sense, not even just my marriage, but there in other instances I could give you just like the one on top of the car, the other dumb stuff I've done, even not just when I was super young, but you know, in my 20s, late 20s, and some of my, you know, you know, early 30s, whatever, that have been really reckless and could have gone completely differently. It's a clear sign that, hey, yo, I need to, I need to, I need to look under the hood. Clearly, something's wrong. And if I don't, if I ignore this, if I don't look into what's going on with me, then I think the inevitability is. Um, I, I was going to end up like many troubled creatives that probably leaves great art behind, but they also leave a trail of unfortunate hurt, you know, and um, and I didn't want that, you know. And from that thought, I thought about my kids. I thought about, you know, how will my kids talk about me when they're my age? What will they say? Like, that really mattered to me. Because, like, again, as far as my marriage was concerned at that time, that was uh, that was a joke, right? That, and, at, and at best, it was a miracle. You know, but I thought about my kids at the time. What would they say about me? Before therapy, before I got a therapist, I was trying everything after I got that epiphany. That epiphany came early in January. I didn't get my therapist. I didn't find one until maybe around March or April. But after that, I remember, like, thinking... Wow, because that was a big light bulb to go off. And I'm thinking, okay, what the hell is wrong then? What's going on? You know, I'm calling my, you know, some people that I know that have been through addiction and have gone to treatment facilities for things. You know, I was thinking, am I a sex addict? Is that what was going on? And I didn't really think I was, but I didn't know. I, I went to a meeting and, you know, and I, and I realized then, okay, that's not the case that I believe, you know. Um, and then obviously fast forward. In therapy, I learned on my journey to self-awareness that, whoa, coloring outside the lines, per se, with my behaviors, being willing to put my own mortality on the, on, uh, to leverage it for fun, <laughs> to leverage it for a thrill or, or some kind of adventure is what I would call them, unfortunately. It's so, so, so ridiculous. But to leverage my own mortality just for an adventure um yeah that's that was what was going on with me. And where do you where do you where did your therapist say that that stemmed from? Can you share that with them because I think that's really vital for them to kind of like for anyone who may be figuring out the self sabotage part of it. Okay, my therapist um it was something I shared with him about one of my experiences and he explained to me uh, what trauma does. And that was one of the first times that he had mentioned it at, in this moment. And he explained to me that in moments of trauma, particularly, you know, me being younger and still was, you know, going through my own brain's development, you know, I mean, our guys, our brains don't stop developing until like 25, right? So uh, unfortunately, some of the, the trauma I had experienced was in my uh, really important years of my development. It was around, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 and so he told me, he said, some of the dangerous situations and circumstances that I've been placed in, um, he, he explained what, what happens with trauma is we all react to it differently, 
You look at someone who, who's a, an abuse victim who experiences that, that sort of trauma. Many times, abuse victims end up being with someone that's going to abuse them. And, and folks, they scratch their head like, why is that? He explained, some people actually, you know, during the development of everything, at least, you know, in childhood, things like that, um, some people... Um, they cozy up to the thing that they yeah. are exposed to. Because innately, we find comfort with things that we know, especially if it's not necessarily at the hands of someone that we love, or, but especially if it might have been from the negligence of someone we love, uh, like a parent figure or a, you know, or a cousin or whatever have you, anything like that. And in our minds, we think, okay, this person is someone who loves me. Right. They love me. This person loves me. However, this traumatic thing happened and something could happen with some people. Their minds will attach. There's a marriage there that happens where their comfort is wrapped up in the fact that they experience something dangerous, especially if someone experienced something dangerous and don't even look at it as dangerous. Well, what I even hear from you is what your therapist was even saying was the very thing that you might've been exposed to either a, you totally run away from it or B you snuggle up close to it and you end up repeating it. Yeah. And some people will literally protect themselves at all costs from the thing that they were exposed to at all costs though, even because they're snuggling. And then there is literally thinking that everyone in the world that looks like the person that hurt them or every situation that looks similar to the, the situation that hurt them when they were younger is going to do the same thing to them later. So the opposite is they would just really severely keep themselves super safe and distant from anything like it. So there's, there's both situations. There's, there's two opposite ends of the spectrum here. Right. Um, and I just happened to, end up landing on the one that that snuggled up with uh, to the type of trauma that um, that I was exposed to and you know when I was younger um, that blew my mind right there that 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 blew my mind um, and of course I would grow to and begin to start working certain muscles once I knew what was going on and grabbed that nugget um, the way I would see the world, because now I was aware, self-awareness, I was aware of trauma that affected myself and how it affected my perspective, my goggles, my ability to see myself, to see the world, to see everything around me. I was aware that those events affected all of that, all of my choices. It was why I had an issue when I would at times be on the road and uh, and I and I'd say this I was I was, I've, I've been very fortunate to travel with some very amazing people and be surrounded with some with quite a few healthy folks around me I will say this and I've mentioned that to say this your your self awareness has nothing to do with those around you no one can be aware for you you have to be that for yourself I've seen plenty of people go to their hotel rooms. You know that are married, single, whatever have you. They they go out, hang out, have a good time, and go 
And, you know, be like, okay, look at the clock. I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. You know, go to sleep. There have been times in the past, of course, I didn't know what was going on. I'd be in my room completely uncomfortable by myself. Of course, not knowing why I'm uncomfortable by myself. Why am I uncomfortable just being here by myself? Like, I need to go find something to get into. Let me go find, is there a party jumping off? There's this, that, what's, what's happening? Like, I didn't know why. I didn't know the why. I didn't even really know something was really wrong. I had, this is all I knew. This is all I knew. As a matter of fact, we can, we live in a society where side chicks is kind of like a thing. Um, I like a part of me, I think, was resigned to the fact that maybe I'm just one of these your 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 typical kind of creatives out there. You know, you know that that just indulges in certain behaviors. And truth be told, here you know, at times here I was, there I was, in my hotel room after shows at times trying to fill a deficit that I didn't realize I had. And coming to that that large bit of self-awareness, learning that about myself was huge because now I knew moving forward, I was aware of the why behind all of my, all of my choices. Um, I am aware of the why behind my choices. I am aware that any decision that I make, if it is one that could potentially hurt someone else, I, I need to figure out why. But because I know the why about decisions, I have no desire to hurt anybody. I have no desire, number one, first, to hurt myself. Um, so many of us are unaware that we are not self-aware. So many of us are taught to not question so much. And to not look into the why behind our choices. We're just taught that, hey, stay away from this. Don't do this. You know, be this way. Be that way. Like very simple things. Like, for example, we are sexual beings by nature, all of us. It is just something that that happens in all of us. At some point, when we get 12, 13, 14, 15, our hormones, they start doing things on a chemical level, right? You know, we start to naturally want to experiment and look into things and that, that or the other. Unfortunately, instead of looking into those things, so many of us are taught to deny those things and, and, and not look at ourselves. And that is the antithesis of self-awareness, which is what I've been operating in for so long. To deny yourself the why behind your choices the why behind your choices, the why behind your strong stances behind things, your strong emotions on things. And um, I'll even say, you know, you're not allowing yourself to be curious behind the why. Yeah. My parents did the best that they could with what they knew how to do. They did. It was long as, long as he stays in church and long as we keep him busy, put food on the table, make sure he got clothes. And, and, you know, and he, he can get into a good college. A lot of people say, oh, man, that's all you need. Okay, but then there's a whole, there's a lot of in-between there that, 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 that we're missing here. Well, 
Well, I remember when you came in from your uh, session with your therapist and you cried. You just wept. Because what you gathered even from that was, I think, one, you had answers. You got answers. You received answers. You were like, okay, so I'm not a sex addict. I am addicted to the rush of the danger. And then when you said, I remember you saying, you know, I am addicted to the things that I was exposed to. The trauma that I saw is what I have cozied up to. And I remember you with tears in your eyes saying, I didn't have a chance. I didn't have a chance unless my parents would have been aware and unless their parents would have been aware and unless their parents would have been aware, I didn't have a chance. My parents would have had to have significant self-awareness for them to know that they need to cultivate that within me. Right, exactly. To cultivate just me asking why. Certain things I experienced growing up, you know, I should have known why I was seeing what I was seeing. Uh, I know some of y'all listening might get a little uncomfortable on certain things, but I would say things like purity rings. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> stuff like that. Should we, and I think this is the section that we call for better or for... Fucked. <laughs> purity rings. <laughs> this is a section called for better or for fucked. Yeah. It's where we rate if something is for better or if it is... Fucked. Completely fucked. Like stuff like that. Like purity rings. Purity rings. Again... Not promoting self-awareness, but instead promoting an I- ideology, uh, this, this idea that, hey, if you abstain from some of the things that you're wanting to do naturally within yourself, if you just abstain from these things until you get married, you don't know why you're abstaining. Just stay away from it. Just don't do it because it's not what God wants you to do. So make a promise to to just not do the thing that you naturally want to explore, right? You know, like, okay, like, instead of just saying, hey, okay, yeah, those feelings that you want, that you're feeling, that's totally natural and it's totally cool. I mean, we see that even with our, we, I think we do a really good job even having that conversation with our kids, you know? I mean, we were raising three boys and I think their awareness, teaching them how to be aware of their bodies and and that... And they're in all different age brackets. You know, we have a teenager, we have a, you know, a five-year-old and we have a, you know, the baby boy. And, you know, just teaching them that to be curious around their feelings and their emotions and that there is an open pathway of talking to us about their feelings and their emotions and being, and, and also even about their bodies. You know, if they have questions about their bodies, that there's nothing to be ashamed of with their bodies. There is no secrets about their bodies. Um, There is obviously privacy with their bodies, but there is no, uh, you know, shame when it comes to that. And I think that that is uh, right there. Again, that's, it it goes into that self-awareness. I don't, I don't know if we, we, there, that, that you speak of, um, that you had growing up. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, So here I am at 36 37. I'm 37 now. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But here I am, 2020, 36 years old. The culmination of my life's lack of self-awareness 
literally was had blown up in my face. And everyone that was attached to me got the shrapnel. Uh, that's where I was. And um, I'll tell you this, y'all. Um, yes, I say y'all still. I try not to say it as much, you know, but I, it is what it is. I I'm say, still down for a good y'all. Yeah, I say y'all all the time. Ain't nothing wrong with y'all, you know. Y'all. So actually, some something is wrong with some of y'all, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's the point of this podcast. That's the point of the so podcast. So we can dig into... What's wrong with some of y'all? <laughs> Let's, but it's not what for us. It's not for us to find out what's wrong with y'all. It's for y'all to find out what's wrong with y'all. Yes. Um, where I sit now is is a place of immense gratitude, and I say that because um, as fucked as 2020 was, particularly the beginning of it, and as crazy as it was, and and thinking back to the time where I saw you literally melt on the floor as I started to uh, flex or use muscles of transparency that I'd never used before and open up to you with some of my issues and you started to listen to and learn about this man that you thought you knew. Where I sit and I remember all that stuff and and I think back at all the people over the years that I have manipulated. I even posted about it because I felt like it was it's something I wanted to do um, because I really wanted to address it. I manipulated, like I said, pretty much everyone uh, that was attached to me, whether people I worked with, some way or another, I had controlled the narrative on how people saw me, and I kept so much of myself from a lot of my friends, my family, my life partner, even my parents, and even my mom, who's no longer with us. And that's a, that's a hard pill to swallow to know that I will never be able to uh, have an intimate relationship like the one that I'm capable of having now with my mother. That's just what it is. I just got to kind of eat that one. But where I sit now, um, I'm grateful for it all because without the fucked, I could never have gotten the better. I repeat, without the fucked, I never could have got the better. And part of being self-aware is, is learning the nuts and bolts of who I am, accepting all that comes with it, all that comes with my past decisions, and really understanding of what I believe I'm worth. So based on what I'm worth, I'm worth the work. So yeah, um, immense gratitude. Um, where I sit today, I am more fulfilled as every day passes. I am more and more and more fulfilled and to live my life, experience the things, and really finally arrive at a place of being able to really breathe in the beautiful things in my life and and not allow my trauma to navigate my life for me. Because if 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 you don't have, if you lack self-awareness, you're not driving. You're not driving if you don't have a certain amount of self-awareness. You're floating. And your trauma is driving. If, yeah, if you're someone who's experienced significant trauma, your trauma is driving. Empowering myself to be where I am, it just just feels so good. It's amazing. This ain't about being perfect. This is about being able to live a life, complete self-awareness. And if you want a life without dysfunction, you can have that. And so if you if you if you're listening and any of this resonates with you, I would encourage you 
invest in yourself. Therapy, um, counseling, you know, I don't speak against like, you know, religious counseling and things like that. However, I will say this. I encourage you to find someone who literally has studied the brain and how it works on a technical level. Your spiritual journey is that's that's a separate thing. That's its own thing. You should want to be the healthiest version of yourself. You should put your own mask on first. And everything else in addition to that should come after. You should be happy and comfortable with yourself and who you are created to be. Can't emphasize it enough. Self-awareness. We we all need a strong sense of self-awareness. Yeah. I think too, you know, and this is something we'll dive deep into, you know, I know today it was your story mostly. Um, and then the next episode, we'll talk more about my story and trauma and all that. But I think it was so important to our why, which is, and then I'll explain my why next episode. Um, but I thought this was really good because um, it's so important for us to dive into the why. Don't just look at the surface of it. Um, I think it's super easy for us to, like you said, just go about floating. And I think a good amount of us, especially if we're if people are not in therapy or aren't seeking some kind of support or help in that way, mental health. I think it's so easy to just go about your life floating and reacting and making decisions out of trauma and making decisions out of fear and out of grief and out of all the things that people experience. And so I think it's so, and it doesn't take the onus, right, off of the decision making, but it does explain it. (laughs) It explains it. I know for me, the more that you did work, the more I did my own work. And one thing that I saw and I, you know, because I remember internalizing it as, well, what did I not do? What did I not do right? What did I not give? Was I not enough? Da, 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 da. And that began to feed into my own trauma of being enough and all the enoughness and all this stuff, right? I'm so grateful that, I'm grateful 2020 happened. Absolutely. Because it really set us on a path of doing our own work you figuring out why that was an option for you. Not necessarily even just what you did, but why was it an option? Why? Why was it an option? And then my work being not even anything that had to do with you. (laughs) My work being me doing my own work and what is it that I'm feeling and what's coming up for me and what is the trauma that I've experienced and how is that coming coming into play right now and how is that being triggered right now? And so... We're so grateful about this, uh, one, about 2020. We're grateful for 2020. And um, without it, I, you know, I know I wouldn't be who I am now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think 2020 allowed a lot of us to, to gave us time to do the work. You know, that part. It gave us time. Because grateful, y'all. I'm so grateful. Had it been 2019, no pandemic, people don't have time to just sit and be in their cars in therapy. And the world is going on like we knew. I mean, literally it was a gift. It was a blessing. It was a blessing in disguise because this is something I don't know if we talked about yet, but literally you 
kind of took a pause in January. You took a hard pause in January. From everything. From, from everything. From, from work. Everybody I knew for the most part, just I kind of like it was a bit of a self-isolation intentionally. Yeah. Uh, but well, I didn't really know what I was doing at the time, but I do have because friend tours, mm-hmm. you know, highly recommend it. Just hit the pause button because you got a lot of stuff you got to deal with. Just hit the pause button and you, you, know, you go come back to some things. But for right now, you got to deal with yourself. Yeah. I mean, you hit the pause button and then who knew that two months later... Everybody else had. Everybody their- else be hitting the pause button too, <laughs> like literally. It was hit for them. It was, it was literally hit for them <laughs> two months later. Yeah. So it was like the perfect timing for the world to blow up. It was the perfect timing, and I think you know when we talk about twenty twenty, I think a lot of people are like, ooh, twenty twenty, that's my year. It's my year. Twenty twenty, the you, I see things so clearly. And you, where is the lie? It was twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty was my year, girl. It was it was my year, girl, too. 2020 was a year of clarity. Like, if you weren't aware, you were aware now. If you weren't, if things weren't clear, you were clear now. If you didn't have insight, oh, you had some insight now. And so I will forever be grateful for 2020 because it really propelled us both on the work that we needed to do. And and that last thing you said was is for those who actually did the work on themselves. You have a lot of people that still out there that refuse to do that work. Ain't and that a waste, though? I'm like, y'all, y'all wait. If y'all did not pause in 2020 and really reflect, I pray you get a do-over for 2021. Like a really solid do-over for 2021 where you get the opportunity to dive deep. Because I'm telling you, it's hard work. But it's worth it. It's worth diving into yourself. And again, this podcast is not about a marriage podcast. And we're not sharing the marriage stuff just so. Put our business uh, on the street. Just to put our business on the street because we have other things to do. Um, and we're not doing that also, you know, to make it about, oh, well, we, we worked it out. No, that's not what this is about. Again, we didn't think that was going to happen. Uh, <laughs> we really didn't. The bets were not on that. It was about us doing our individual work. And that's what this podcast is about, is the individual work that we do for better or for fucked. And if we can inspire anyone to to dive deep within themselves and be the best version of themselves they can be, mission accomplished. High five. What do you want your marriage to yourself to look like? That's the question. What do you want your marriage to yourself to look like? And So you're saying that they have homework. Yeah, they have homework. We're giving homework. Yeah, you're not the only teacher here, John. I wasn't. <laughs> you're not the only teacher. I'm a teacher. Actually, I don't know about that. Okay, oh, I'm a teacher. Yeah, you, you teach me things, baby. I think we should leave them with some homework. Yeah. Um, what does the marriage to yourself look like? What do you want it to look like? That is the journal prompt for this week. And what we want you to do, we would love for you to do is take that question, use that as a journal prompt. We'll post the question in the Instagram post uh, when this uh, episode airs. And we would love to see your takes and comments. Uh, Send us a DM. Um, And what is our IG handle? What is that? It is uh, 4BFF podcast. 4BFF podcast. That is our IG. 
So share with us, you know, what is it that you want the marriage to yourself to look like? What do you want it to feel like? What do you want it to be like? Because when we begin to partner with ourselves and get in union with ourselves and really lean into what that looks like, then we can really love on each other. Those who are around us, who we're partnered with, who we're in relationships with, who we're in friendships with, work with, so on and so forth. And so that is a question that I think we should leave you all with this week. All right. So till next time.